How is everybody doing today? Welcome to the Making Awesome Podcast, Season 3, Episode 42, where there's a cat sitting in my lap. We're going to be talking all about how to hire the right people, employee retention, and, uh, you know, hiring, firing, that kind of stuff. And uh, before we get too far, I want to have uh, everybody here. Oh, okay, you're going to go back? Okay. All right. Have everybody here wish one of our staff members well. We are actually losing a staff member today. It is her last day today, and she is going to pursue a doctorate. One of the best reasons to have a staff leave your company is because they're doing more on their education, and they want to focus on said education. Cat, stop rubbing on things. <laughs> and yeah, I'm really excited because this is what they've wanted. And as a manager, it's kind of my job to make sure that they can get what they want, right? And help them achieve those goals. That's the job of a manager. All right, Miss Kitty. Miss Kitty. Okay. No, ma'am. Every time. I swear, she was sleeping right before we started. And as soon as I, like, turned all the lights on and the cameras, she... Oh, okay. Just rub right into the microphone. We are trying to have a professional podcast here, my dearest. And that means, that means no right now. Go come back later. Come back when you're ready to just go to sleep. <sighs> so traumatized by Grant, they're now pursuing a doctor instead. Well, you know, that's part of the deal. Um, when you have a company is that your staff might not be with you forever. And when I got that resignation letter. It hurt, but it was for all the right reasons. And so as a manager, I have to be proud. So before we get too deep into it, future Dr. Rivero, I wish you the best. You've got this. Good luck. But let's talk all about uh, hiring and firing and what that looks like, because it is never easy. It's never easy. Just like it's never easy to get people to hit that like button. Because, you know, I have to add that stuff in there. Get subscribed if you haven't. And if you do want to support the channel financially, you can do so by clicking the links in the description down below to support us for as little as $1 a month. But yes, best of luck, Simona. You are going to do amazing things. And uh, you know what? This one's for you. Because uh, it's your fault that, th that this topic came up. Because we don't, we don't have a lot of turnover. That's the thing that we love about 3D Musketeers is that staff don't normally leave, right? They stick around, and while they might have other things going on in their lives where they're not able to work with us all the time, our staff are all independent contractors. So they don't have a W-2. It's a 1099. That's a little more complicated than we're going to get into here because, you know, that requires accounting people to talk about it. But, you know, fine. <laughs> But there are some tricks of the trade to understanding a good interview, what it looks like, and, well, why. I can't say I'm the best interviewer on the planet. Um, in fact, I know I have some faults. But I know what I'm doing to some extent. Part of life is kind of learning how to figure things out along the way, right? The F around and find out, and you make sure you don't have your numbers too high. But what my focus has been is developing a team, a team of people that really just want to make awesome. 
it's why the podcast is called the Making Awesome Podcast. It's why our upcoming classes are called the Making Awesome Academy. And it's why I always tell you guys at the end of every video to keep making awesome. Because awesome is well-defined by you. Not by me, but by you. Oh, damn it. My Fathom note-taker is trying to join. Exit. Go away. I clapped. I instinctively clapped. I <laughs> Editor Andrew's getting the best of me here. I am I am well trained. I am well trained to do the clap. <laughs> Even though you guys didn't hear the zoom sound, uh, I, I'm well trained to, to do the, the clap for the cut. Oh, that's funny. We only have like 10 people here. Did I screw something up? It's so weird for us not to have uh, a lot of people hanging out. It's the same time. Did I screw something up? Hope I didn't. And, and, uh, fingers crossed, I've downgraded OBS to 29.0.2, and so far it seems to be working okay. So, yeah, I don't know. Share it on social media so more people can come in here and hang out. Because part of growing a business is understanding that you as the owner can't do everything. You have 24 hours in a day, and at some point, your body needs to sleep. And there's no amount of illicit drugs that you can take to keep you awake for, you know, more than a couple of weeks before you're going to see some problems. So, you know, don't try, please. And at some point, you got to understand that removing some of those responsibilities from you and putting them off onto others is a good move. We like to look at it as what is the thing that takes me the most time? If it is something that is not immediately mission critical for me as the business owner to be doing, we look at hiring other people. In the case of Simona, who is leaving our company today, she was our lead copywriter. So if you ever saw copy for videos, social media posts, anything like that, that has been Simona's job for the better part of, I think it was two years, we found out. Um, and she was great. She came in with some knowledge. She learned about the industry and she made great copy. The only ones that I do myself are like the live stream stuff because I do it, you know, pretty much, you know, real close to actually posting it. So I don't like bothering her like that. But um, you know, that has been Simona's job. And she has put together some training to help us survive without her because I suck at writing and Andrew is not a writer. <laughs> Andrew's our editor, for those that don't know. And that's the big thing when you look at losing a staff member is making sure that they can effectively build something to make themselves replaceable. We've opted right now not to hire to replace her at the at the moment because, well, I am way too busy to go through the process of hiring and posting a job on LinkedIn is a complete and utter waste of time. So finding the right person is very complicated. We got lucky with Simona. I don't know if we're going to get so lucky next time. So I think for we lost the stream again. It's it is absolutely this switchboard program that we use. Huh. And no, we are not going to replace Simona with ChatGPT. Don't worry. That's so weird. It's this, it's switchboard. I've absolutely identified it as switchboard and I don't know why. I might have to look at fixing all of that stuff. 
Uh, nope, it was it's it's the uh, multi streamer that we use, so it allows us to stream to multiple platforms. Apparently, I got to keep a better eye on it. So, yeah, let's do this instead. Let's pop out the chat for YouTube, and let's keep an eye on Switchboard. There. Now I can monitor kind of everything at once. Although Zombie Hedgehog was telling me that I can add YouTube comments onto the side of OBS, and that is objectively pretty cool. So, yeah, sorry. It's absolutely on me, I guess. Uh, we would do StreamYard, but it doesn't, it doesn't do some of the things that I need it to do. So, yeah. Oh, apparently... Did I clap again? I did I I didn't clap again, did I? Hope I didn't. And I guess 3D Pine Lab says they stopped on 29 flat because newer versions kept chopping the stream. Huh. I clapped again? Damn it! I've been filming all morning. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome to Grant being in filming mode still. But yeah. <laughs> oh, let's actually get back on topic before I completely screw myself out of topics. Um, yeah. We need to ask Amber if Grant claps IRL. I don't. Are you supposed to take a shot every time that I clap? Is that going to be the drinking game? Because Andrew can release the unedited clips for our videos. It would be hilarious how many times I have to do that. The big thing about hiring people is making sure that you hire the right person. And that answer is not always as simple as, oh, they fit all the things that we're looking for. Because they might not, right? I would love to have someone that is an expert in 3D printing, that has customer service, that is good at CAD, and can run this business for me. But chances are, if, if I can find them, they are going to be well above what I can spend on something like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's not great. I'm not a fan of that. And as a small business, you can't afford to pay people big money rates. You have to really bring in people for as little money as you possibly can. Oh, here's the cat again. You have to bring people in for as little money as you can and really work at developing them as a team where you hire slow but you fire fast. It is very easy to hire the first candidate that does a decent job in their first interview, but you can miss some really big red flags if you don't ask the right questions. Part of interviewing is not just asking the right questions, it's getting to know the person. I found that as time goes on, resumes become less and less valuable. With the last three years being kind of up in the air for most people when it comes to jobs, you can't ask why they had a, a year and a half job hole. The entire world was going crazy. It's totally understandable to take some time off and try to figure out what the heck is going on or not be able to find somebody that's hiring for your role. I totally understand this problem. So yeah, it's an issue. Also, Madcat, you can go to their GitHub and download old ones. That's what I did. These interview questions to me have been more like a generic conversation where I'm just trying to get to know somebody. Because what is a resume other than a Tinder profile for your work history? It is everything that you want me to see 
and nothing else. And that's kind of tough because you might say that you were a, I don't know, business analyst liaison when in fact you were a level one tech support, right? There is so much word gibberish that you can add to a resume to make your position sound like it was a lot more, I don't know, prestigious than it was. And so to me, the resume will either tell me I want to learn more about you or not. If I don't want to learn more about you, thanks, but no thanks. We let you know and we move on. If we do, then we'll send you a link to, you know, book time. I like to let people book time in my calendar for meetings when it comes to interviews, because then they know when the time is going to be. They can make the time in their schedule and the time is already available in mine. So go ahead and make it. What has upset me in the past is people that will book time and then not show up. Boy, that sucks when they have, um, you know, contacts or references, because then I'll just call the references in the time they were supposed to be interviewing with me and let those references know that they were a no call, no show to an interview. Maybe they should think twice before recommending them to other people because, you know, I'm petty, I guess. So either way. I want to get to know somebody. I want to talk to them like they're a human. I want to be friends with them. I want them to look at me a lot less of a boss and more as someone that they can be open with. Because at that point, I just, okay. At that point, they are much more willing to open up to me about things that maybe they wouldn't be willing to open up about. Like, when someone does have a new kid, we had a, a potential staff member do an interview and they said, give me a second. I got to go take care of my kid. No problem. And then I just go ahead and ask some questions about their kid. There's a newborn baby, their stay at home dad, and they're just looking to make some extra cash on the side. I absolutely respect the hell out of that. And that changes a lot about their resume where they might not have been very public about that initially saying that they're a stay at home dad or a stay at home mom or a stay at home person. They, for some reason, people believe that that kind of thing is lackluster and maybe for a big fortune 500 company, it might be. I'm not a fan of that. I want somebody to be real and honest with me. Because at the end of the day, that produces a procedure that starts and ends with honesty. So where does this land us in hiring? We like to do at least two interviews because the first one, they're pretty much prepared for. The second one, I give them three dates and times to choose from, and then they book how it keeps going offline. Why does it do that? It's absolutely switchboard. I need to understand what's going on with it and why. I hope it's back up for you guys. Yeah, it is. Okay. It is absolutely switchboard. Huh. I will have to look at why. Chaos Grant. Well, Grant that's trying to run a live stream and it keeps failing on him. Um... I will probably just have to rebuild these groups from scratch. Um, 
I have to go back and film when we're done with the podcast again, but maybe after that I'll look at doing these things. It's still recording on my side, so at least we have that. But yes, this is my life of just having to focus on like 18 different things. It's, uh, it's fun. Fun. Let me see if the config is an issue. No? Nope, so far we're okay. Damn it, I did it again. But clapped again. I'm still in filming mode. It's so bad. I never film before the podcast. I'm in filming mode. I clapped again. <laughs> uh, oh, it's never a dull day. Man, if you guys are playing that drinking game, you are getting you're getting drunk right now. <laughs> Oh, uh, damn it. Because that would normally be where I say, all right. The, the clap lets the editor know that something happened that they need to pay attention to. And in this case, that was a clap for, uh, hey, something here happened that we need to cut out. That was the clap. <laughs> I'm, I'm still wired on it. I came in from filming uh, six minutes before I went live. So I think I'm still kind of in filming mode. Um, fun fact, uh, I, I'm filming the Bamboo Lab six-month video, which comes out on Wednesday. The first recording pretty much failed. The top-down camera got corrupt, uh, and, uh, the microphone that I'm using, or this new, I have a, I just bought a Deity, uh, V3 Pro microphone, and, uh, that didn't work. So I didn't have any good audio other than my lav mic either, uh, so I'm like, well, that's that's just typical for a bamboo video, right? Things are just going to fail on me. So I had to go out and film it again this morning. But uh, when I walked out early this morning, the AC had still not caught up. So I gave it some more some more time. Zerno says Victoria is going to have to address these claps in my annual review. Yeah, I keep clapping to the audience. You're welcome. Victoria, are you going to have to discuss that on my annual review? Yeah. Okay. Got a little bit of the little belly scritch for you guys. Looking at hiring people, though, you want to make sure that it is the right person. And you can do a background check. You can ask people. You can ask references. But who the heck puts a reference that's going to give them a bad reference? I love to call former employers and ask. Right. A lot of times they're going to give you the very basic answer of we recommend the staff member or we don't recommend the staff member. It's nice when you get to talk to someone that's going to give you more information than that, because, well, I want to know what the person was like. What was their work ethic like? And did they get stuff done on time? Because getting stuff on time, getting stuff done on time matters a lot to me. When you are looking to offload some of that work to somebody else, making sure that it's done on time matters a lot so much and you gotta be careful because if you miss deadlines for your clients your clients get mad at you nobody wants that i don't want that i want people to enjoy their time working with us not hate it right wait it it should still be working yeah it is wow Boy, that hurts. Looking at my metrics, that hurts. Um, yeah. We're fine. We're we're still alive. Yeah. We're still good. 
So how do you know if they are the right candidate? We often like to do a 30-day period where we kind of trial it out. We'll give them tasks that would be what they would be looking at, and we'll start asking them about things they might want to learn. Often you'll see that companies will hire two or three people for a role and then just cut all but the one that they're actually looking for. If there are multiple people that have a lot of opportunity, then they kind of got to fight it out to see who can do best. As a small business, you don't have that opportunity. You got to find the right person and you got to find it now. That right candidate is not as easy to find as you think or as you want. Don't just go for the first person that interviews well. We've said that. You want to ask them questions that are going to take them off of their game. I remember the first time that somebody ever asked me a question that took me off my game, and it was one of the more interesting interviews. And I'll never forget the question. It was Star Wars and Star Trek and why. They're Star Wars. It was Star Wars or Star Trek and why. Well, I don't really follow either of them. So neither was not the right option if you didn't already have a backup to fill it. I went with Star Trek because of the technology. Star Wars, yeah, they had some technology, but Star Trek really made it more believable to me. But that was me personally. It threw me completely off my game. And it meant that the next question that they had that was actually on topic took me completely for a loop because my brain was like trying to figure out why they asked that question rather than focus on what I was actually being asked. Why did they do it? I still don't know. I have a feeling it was just to kind of loosen me up and get me out of the, I am in an interview. I must be the perfect candidate. I will answer every question the best of my abilities. Sir, yes, sir. Maybe it was that. I don't know. So we like to ask fun ones like, if you were a piece of cheese, what type of cheese would you be and why? You would think that most people would choose American. And every time someone chose American cheese, I'd call them out and say, why? Why are you American cheese? There is one person that got that, that I accepted that answer from, and they had spent seven years becoming a U.S. citizen. And they had gotten their U.S. citizenship two months prior before doing this interview. So you know what? You can be American cheese, and I'm fine with that. All the others that chose American cheese were pretty much just choosing the lazy route. And the ones that actually gave me real answers were way more fun. Because then we got to talk about why they liked that cheese. What was special about that cheese, right? And I like that because it, it, it gets them thinking about questions that, you know, well, where do you expect to see yourself in five years? Dude, I don't know where this company is going to be in five years. I can't be asking a staff member that question because nobody knows this answer, right? If you're a publicly traded company, you have a general idea of where you're going to be in five years. Legally, it's higher than you were right now or better than you were right now. It's a small business. You might not even have a business in five years. So, you know, figure it out. We got some answers in the, in the chat here. Mr. Emendon says Limburger because he stinks. 
Justin Miller says Edom because it's a great crossword clue and I love doing them. Mad Cat USA says Parmesan because he's old and salty. Jamie S says Cheddar because Cheddar makes it better. Mr. M and Don says graded hard. And Don Hunt says closer to retirement. That's fair. Five years, you know, you'll be closer to retirement. I can get on board with that answer. Closer to retirement's a good answer. <laughs> and Duff says he's a stack of pre-peeled craft singles. That's not actually cheese. That is a pasteurized cheese product. Don't believe me? Read the label and hate yourself. <laughs> it's a great question, though, because it's like, you can tell all of a sudden they've been kind of, well, changed. I like to ask what people did during the last three years doing, during human malware. Try to understand if they helped other people, if they sequestered themselves, if they just kept doing their job. Understanding what type of personality they might have is really valuable to me because I need to ascertain whether or not they're going to fit in with the team. That's a big freaking deal. If you don't fit in with the team, I don't care how good you are. You're not a good fit for us. 3D Pine Lab says, are you a dog or cat person and why? I would say I am yes, but I do like cats better because, look, it, it because of the way that it is. It's an adorable cat. Jamie S. says, one of my favorite interview questions was, if you were a bicycle, what part of the bicycle would you be? Uh, and I would say the seat is not an answer because I am not dealing with inappropriate answers. <laughs> oh, that's a fun one. Because you could be something like the master link. You could be the chain. You could be a sprocket. You could be a spoke. You could be an inner tube. Uh, there are so many things on a tire. I like that one. Jamie S. As I told them, I'm the training wheels right now. I can dig that. I can dig that. Those are some really great interview questions. And yeah, you can go ahead and ask chat GPT if you want to get good interview questions. Go ahead. I'm fine with it. But when you're letting go of somebody, that's a thing where it's got to be done fast. For us, for hiring, we do three interviews. Two with me, and then one with other staff members. If they're going to be working on a team, I want the staff to also kind of sign off on it. And while our team is all 1099, they're still a team. And I want them to have some say in who comes onto that team. We have a really cohesive team that kind of knows their roles, knows what they need to do, and Generally speaking, I don't need to really bother with them, right? I give them jobs, they do their jobs, and life is good. If I have to micromanage people, that's where it's like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. Can we, like, get rid of you, please? It's not a, it's not a fun job to micromanage. Uh, Beard Kula says they want their third interview with Victoria. Often Victoria is in the interviews as the director of marketing and the director of HR should be sitting in on the meetings. And if you don't believe me, it is literally on our company website that Victoria is the director of marketing and the director of HR. Welcome to my company. Some people say that's unprofessional and I say, well, then you're just not any fun. 
And that means you're probably not a good client for us. We like clients that have fun with it and enjoy the fact that the cat is considered a core member of our team. I am mad at Simona because she is listed on our website, and that means I must update my website now that she is leaving, but that does give us an opportunity to bring on other members of the staff if they would like to be featured on the website. But because a lot of our staff have day jobs, they often don't want to be too public about the fact that they do work with us in their off time. And, you know, I get that. I will say the craziest interview that we've ever had, and this proves that, you know, getting somebody comfortable is the right method, was someone that on paper was perfect. They had all the keys that I was looking for in a hire. They knew CAD, they were personable, they had great reviews from other uh, em uh, employers, they were on time to their meetings, but then they started getting comfortable with me and I asked them, what is something about you that you're not exactly proud of? And they said that they have a current, they are currently out on bail. And I said, well, hey, we've all been through tough times in our lives. What happened? They were arrested for uh, possession with the intent to distribute of some of the old uh, Tony Montana, if you will. The, the Florida snow, if you will. Uh... And I was flabbergasted. Now, I, this would have been found on a background check. But uh, that's a tough one. Because <laughs> I just kind of sat there in silence and then it hit them what they had just told me. Because they knew at that point the interview was over. And it sucked because on paper they were perfect. But there was that one little thing... It made them a bad candidate for us, which is a potential felony charge. We can't have staff that have felonies, unfortunately. It's part of the work that we do. You can't have a felony. So, yeah. There have been some weird interview questions throughout the years and some weird answers throughout the years, too. Zinner asks if there is ever a time or case where you would be fine with having to micromanage somebody. Um, No. In the beginning, it is good to manage people. Micromanaging is that manager that like sits on your shoulder all the time and asks why you're doing this, why you're doing that, why you're doing this, tell me this, tell me that. No. You were hired to do a job that I'm probably not very good at myself. Go do it. If you need training, we will train you. If you want to be left alone and you do your job, then I'll leave you alone and you can do your job. If you want me to help you, I will help you. But I'm not going to sit there and be like, hey, how's this going? Hey, how's this going? Hey, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? What are you doing? Why this? Why that? No, nobody likes that. And if you find yourself having to micromanage people, then maybe it's time to look at your managerial style as the problem and not your people. Or, you know, maybe your hiring style as part of the problem and not your people. Because oftentimes, problems in teams don't come from the team. It comes from the managers. And if you as the business owner are the manager of the team, you might actually be the problem.
and that's okay. But you have to recognize that you are fallible. Just like every other person, you have faults. And if you don't recognize those faults and look at finding them, then you are doomed to have a team that will fail you every single time as well. Simona tells me to hire a web designer. Um, I could, but for the amount of time that we need a web designer, it's probably not worth it. And finding someone that would fit the criteria that we need for the small stuff, I'll handle it myself. I'm not too worried about it. It's not that difficult. Quite frankly, it's going to be more difficult waiting for people to get me their bios and photos and things to put on the website. So um, I just complain about it because I just don't like doing website work. It's like, oh, it's the one thing that I'm really just not good at, but I've learned how to do it over the years. Part of being a business owner is that you should know how to at least partially do a lot of the roles inside of your company. I will say the one role that I can't do because I've never really learned it is editing. Simona came to the channel when we had less than 500 subscribers. I think it was actually less than 400 subscribers. And now we're coming up on 35,000 and, uh, it's pretty cool to kind of see how she's grown in her writing, how the company's grown, and how the channel has grown in part to her writing style. It's probably something Andrew and I will never be able to copy because it's just, it's a, it's a style and it's really cool. But you know, again, I'm okay with that. I am 100% okay with our staff leaving for good reasons. I will say this is not the best reason we've had a staff member leave. The best reason that we've had a staff member leave is that they were poached by Sony and Sony were, was looking to pay them 5x what we were paying. Go ahead, Sony. You can take them. You can take them. Maga says, gee, if only Grant knew someone that worked someplace where people went to school to learn how to design, maybe he could get an intern. Ah, wrong type of design, but we do have interns from Ringling, so I, I still win that. Margaret is literally from Ringling, you ding dong. She's the one doing all of our awesome new merch that's going to be coming out soon. And if you do want to see that process and what that looks like from behind the scenes, the $10 tier and higher on our Patreon, PayPal, or YouTube channel members gets you in to see all of that stuff live when we do it in the Discord. So come and hang out. And I'm sure there's quite a few of them hanging out live right now as well. Oh, just... Mad Cat and Zerna are hanging out in the live chat. And yes, the merch is going to be incredible. And most of it is surrounding the cat. You're welcome. <laughs> Hiring is something that should be done very, very, very slow. Where firing is something that you need to do fast. Real fast. You don't want to keep someone that is toxic to your company around any longer than you possibly can. Obviously, make sure that the laws in your state allow you to do this, but Florida is an at-will state, which means I can fire someone for a good reason, bad reason, or no reason at all. For 1099s, it's a little bit different than W-2s, right? Because they're independent contractors, we can just stop giving them work, and then naturally, they are fired, right? If you don't get work, you gotta go somewhere else. But if you are a W-2, you really, you know, 
you have to you have to be more careful about the laws. You have to make sure that you're not firing for something that is discriminatory, right? And if you are in an at-will state, you have a lot more flexibility than you do in a state that is a right-to-work state. Now, I'm not an attorney. This isn't legal advice, so consult your local labor attorneys before you make any moves like that. But if somebody is being mean to your company and they are internal, it's time to get rid of them because that toxicity will turn you into, you know, a company of bamboo fanboys rather than a company of people that just want to get stuff done. You feel me? But getting rid of them is not that easy these days. Our staff have access to so many things, and especially the marketing team, right? They have access to all the social medias, the CRM, and just kind of everything that we have. And we as a company use Bitwarden as a password manager. And all we end up doing is when staff leave, we just change the master password. And then everybody has to re-authenticate, and that person, you know, they don't have the new authentication. But with the digital world that we have right now, you must be vigilant in making certain that your people are kind of being kept in and corralled in the way they need to be. Because a disgruntled employee or a disgruntled staff member is way more dangerous than you might think. Someone that takes over your social media accounts can be dealt with, but the damage that they can do in that time frame, and while you can go after them legally, it doesn't solve the problem that's already been occurred. They can go and leave one-star ratings on Google, which you might never recover from. That is all really complicated. So oftentimes you'll see companies have staff members sign contracts when they leave. It's not something that we do here yet because I don't think I've actually ever fired somebody. Huh. Yeah, I don't think we've ever actually, we fired clients plenty of times, but I don't think we've ever fired staff members. Huh. All right, that works too. Weird, it said the stream just went down. No, it's back up. Okay. Huh. All right, whatever. Firing, though, you have to really be... You got to be careful. Obviously, getting the person out quickly is important, but you have to make sure you do it right. I don't want to see people ever get fired, right? Termination is a difficult thing to do because you've put a lot of time and effort into working with this person. And now you have to throw all that effort away. I know that larger companies like a McDonald's or an Amazon will fire people for very, you know, very tiny reasons, but it's also because they're not going through rigorous hiring processes. They often just need warm bodies that can do manual labor or menial tasks. You really need to keep an eye on what you're having your people come in and do. If they're not of value, to your company, then it might be good to look at what you can do to help them become a better value. 
Mr. Emendon says, read Glassdoor reviews before going to a new company. If they have Glassdoor reviews, I don't... Does 3D Musketeers have Glassdoor reviews? I don't, I don't know if we do. Someone should look that up. Um, I don't think that we do, because we're, we're not a W-2 company. And if you are starting off, you're probably not hiring W-2s either. Be careful. You want to look for people that can do very, very specific roles. If they want to branch out of those roles, by all means. Me, I tend now to look for chameleons, people that can fit into multiple roles so that we can keep them more busy. I don't want our staff wondering when the next project is going to come in. I want them to be able to move with the ebb and flow of the company. And often that's not as easy as you think. Chameleons aren't always obvious, and often they tend to not have all the qualifications that you might be looking for. What they are is they're eager. They might suck at writing a resume, and they might suck at interviewing, but they're going to be really passionate about the work that they do. Those chameleons, to me, are way more valuable than a singular individual that happens to be an expert in their field. We find often that experts might not do things the way that we do them. And maybe that means we do something wrong, but for us to make a drastic change like that could have monumental impact on the rest of the team. And if we are going to look at making those changes, it's best to make small changes over time rather than like flicking a switch. And uh, yeah, you know, it changing overnight. We tried this. I, I tried flicking a switch to change overnight, and we tried to implement a, uh, oh, what is it? It's not a CRM. Like, Monday.com. What the hell's Monday.com? No, not an LMS, not a CRM. Ah, uh, I forget what it was. I forget what they're called. But it's a project tracking software, right, where... Staff can kind of see where products are at all times. But because we didn't implement a good training program for it, it never caught on. Because everyone was used to doing thing, uh, things a certain way. And since I didn't even know how to use this new program, I couldn't properly tell people how to use it. And therefore, it actively failed. But that's okay. That's part of business. You got to be able to move with that and say, oh, that sucks. Let me put that on a back burner and learn more about, well, better training myself and building training manuals than, you know, just throw it on my team and tell them to drink from a fire hose. When you are a small company, you're not going to have the training manual. So a lot of times it is drinking from the fire hose. That's why setting realistic expectations and realistic goals is one of the more important things that you can do as a hiring manager. You need to make certain that the person that you're hiring knows the job they're being hired for. If they don't and they come in and it's not what they're expecting, you've got a huge potential problem on your hands, right? because you've spent all this time trying to find somebody that might not be the best fit for your use case. I don't want that to happen to you. So if you can't well define what this person needs to do, 
then you're probably not ready to hire somebody. And instead, you need to take some time to figure out what that job role actually entails. You as a business owner might naturally know what certain things take because, well, you've messed around and figured it out over times. But the staff member may not know exactly how you want it done. What I found best is initially is to film myself doing the project. Now, I have experience filming, even though I still clap on live streams like a big stupid dummy. We are up to three claps on this live stream. But that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. In fact, I kind of suck sometimes at properly depicting what it is that I do. Because there are things going on up here that I'm not making external, right? I'm not talking it into the microphone. I'm not physically showing it. I'm just running the numbers or I'm doing whatever it is that I need to do in my head, which means that someone that's watching this video can see the hamsters turning, but they don't know what they're saying. It's like my team. I need to share that with my team. Yeah, it is. It is switchboard that keeps going on. I watched it go red. I looked at OBS. We're not going down. We're not dropping packets. It is 100% switchboard. All right. I will reach out to them this week and get this thing figured out because OBS has been crispy, crispy, nothing, no issues there. Good to know. So how do you deal with staff leaving, right? It is never. Oh, okay. You meow with them. Don't do that. That's bad advice. How do you deal with staff leaving, Victoria? She doesn't say anything. Dealing with staff leaving can always be tough. And it is traditional that someone gives you a two-week notice. Simona did, which is nice. But sometimes they don't. And they just leave, right? They'll leave your company chat. They'll turn off their email and they'll log themselves out of everything and that's it. They're gone. That's not always easy either. The two week notice is generally so that the company can work on replacing you. Often I say instead that I'd like you to really kind of dictate. Oh, okay. Are we okay? Oh, ow, ow. Big stretch, big stretch. Okay. All right. Okay, we have a cat now. Look at this good baby. Don't bite me. Don't. Why? You you literally just got out of your bed to choose violence. Don't choose violence, cat. Don't don't choose violence. Uh oh. Damn it, cat. No. 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 You can't. Stop it. Away you go. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> uh. She wants love. No, she doesn't. She wants to bite. She doesn't bite hard, but she probably wants to play. She's like, Dad, I have been in my bed for 50 minutes. You need to come play with Cat. I love you, but you're kind of a pain in the ass sometimes. Dad's trying to run a live stream here. And you say, live stream? You mean cat stream. I am at some point going to work on installing a cat cam, by the way, you know soon tm <laughs> but those two weeks is normally the right time for you to be working with the staff member to better understand their role when you hire somebody right 
their role might be well defined. But as they work, their role changes. There is some movement to that role as they go through. So the first thing when we get some sort of a resignation letter for me is I reach out to the staff member and say, hey, put together what a day in the life for you looks like. For Simone, I said, hey, put together a, you know, best practices for writing copy. Simona really does a lot of the copywriting for us and has honestly been a great source because she knows the industry, but doesn't necessarily care a ton about it. And you might say, well, Grant, that seems like someone that doesn't care about the work that you do. You're wrong. She cares a lot about the work that we do. She just doesn't want a 3D printer. And that makes her a great kind of, you know, source. I don't know. I can appreciate the hell out of that. And so I said, I want you to kind of work through this. In that time, you as the hiring manager need to start putting together everything that you believe they've done, get it into a job description and update the old job description that you have. Update compensation as well, because probably what you hired them in at is not what you're paying them now. At least I hope it isn't. And you then need to get that job posting back up. You need to make sure that it's done right. Look at what you did wrong. Look at where you could do better and utilize that knowledge for the next person or utilize it in our case to train your current staff into covering that position for you. But you need to support your team. The biggest thing about hiring is that if you're not there to support your team and they don't feel supported, they're not going to stick with your company because they don't care. Right? This whole idea of quiet quitting, which is crazy to me. Our staff don't do this. They just get really busy. When they're not busy, they work with us all the time. Quiet quitting is this idea of if you're not going to pay me to do the extra work that I'm doing, then I'm not going to do the extra work. And you know what? I feel it. It's not like what it used to be for our parents, right? Our parents and grandparents went into jobs and got paid maybe close to minimum wage. But minimum wage back then was able to buy a house or a car or had some bigger value than minimum wage does today. Minimum wage in the state of Florida is less than $10 an hour right now. You cannot live in Florida on $10 an hour. You cannot do it unless you're living out of your car. You can't have an apartment. You can't have a house. You can't have any of that at $10 an hour. So you need to pay your people accordingly. The first place where people stop feeling valued is if you don't actually pay them what they're worth. The cat did want to play. She's on top of her cat tree right now, screwing around. Yeah. I'm like, I heard noises and I look and she's on top of her cat tree messing around. She didn't want to play. I know my cat. Like the guys that say, I know their, I know my car. The first thing you got to do when you, if you're going to try to support your team is make sure that you're financially supporting them. 
we have created a really great team that feels very open and honest about reaching out to me. If they have a need, maybe they need some extra cash. We had a staff member whose significant other lost their job and they found themselves in a single income household and they couldn't, they, they weren't going to be able to make ends meet. And they said, hey, I know that I'm on a net 30 pay, but do you mind paying out earlier so we can make sure that we can afford everything? I have no problem doing that. It hurts me financially, but I don't care. Because if I told that staff member, no, you're on a net 30, you get paid on net 30, your problems are not my problems. Guess what? You've just lost another staff member. You need to meet them where they need to be met. And we've built a system where I hope our team feels comfortable asking for a raise when they need it. And when I do the math and realize you're being underpaid, I instantly give people raises. Our company minimum right now is $15 an hour. And I hope to be able to put that up to 20 by the end of the year. It's tough. Um, our work is not consistent enough, but hey, you know, it is what it is. You have to make sure that the employee or staff member is not taking advantage of you either. Your kindness can be something that can easily get taken advantage of. So when staff do have issues or they are asking for races, I say, all right, let's talk. Let's just have a phone call. Let's have a meeting. Let's talk about why. And if it's, hey, I haven't gotten a raise in a couple of years, I'm like, oh, crap, I'm sorry, I've missed that. I still, you know, your last invoice that you submitted, resubmit that with your, with your latest pay. Let's do that. Most jobs aren't going to do that. But if I've missed something because I've absentmindedly forgotten about it, that's on me and I should do what I can to make it right. If you are making good money, Profit sharing is a great way to motivate staff. Our staff should be glad that we don't do profit sharing because um, they'd be paying me money. <laughs> but that's okay. You got to spend money to make it. And we are refocusing our efforts as a company. And our staff knows that. And they're on board with it, which is pretty cool. I like that. I like to do check-ins. When staff are going through tough times, I like to make sure they're doing okay. Maybe they had a relationship that didn't go well. I'll, you know, DM them every now and then say, hey, how are things? Just checking in. I don't care about your deadlines. I want to see how you are doing personally. And can we help? Do you need a recommendation for a therapist? Do you, you know, are you considering that? Do you need somebody to talk to? I will put the cat on camera if you need to talk to HR. I want our staff to feel valued because they are. I want them to realize they're part of something bigger because they are. And I want them to feel like they're team members because they are. If your team doesn't feel that way, they're going to quiet quit on you and just not be a part of your team because you haven't given them a reason to help you. Remember, these people are not idiots. They realize that 
the work that they are doing for you has more value to you than you are paying them. Except that one guy that interviewed with me that asked for $150 an hour. Because he said, well, that's what you charge your clients, so that's what I want to get paid. I said, I don't think you understand how a business works, but no, that's not how this works. I have to make money on your time. Um, Brad is one of our team members. He's been with us uh, this summer as he prepares for college. And for the last few weeks, Brad has really been focusing on writing articles. Brad is a monster utilizing ChatGPT. And Brad is also really, really well read in the industry. So he's having ChatGPT help him write articles. He's going through modifying them, adjusting them, and making sure that they're legit. And we're posting articles. I think we are going with every two weeks on the company website. And at the same time, he's filming videos as to how he's doing it so that anyone that takes over after him, or maybe I have a really cool topic that I want to write a, a, a piece on, but I don't have the time to write the full piece. I can see how he did it. That is someone who understands being a team member. But Brad is getting paid to make articles that likely won't result in a lot of business, but it is good for SEO for our company. So I can look at what that ROI might be. The last few weeks of Brad's time here with us before he goes off to college, where I've told him that I am going to effectively terminate him for the first semester. Brad's a good kid. He's not going to bother me the first semester. But I said, hey, I don't, I'm not going to give you anything your first semester of college. So you can kind of figure out what that feels like, right? Check in with us, see how you're doing. But I don't want you overworking yourself because you think you have an obligation to us. Your obligation is to yourself. And then you have an obligation to the company. And if you can't cover your own personal obligations, then how can I expect you to cover your obligations to my company? That's not how this works. Brad is going to be working with us to identify potential channel sponsors. Because, well, I want to turn YouTube into a profit generator rather than something that eats away profit. It's why we talk about Patreon, PayPal, YouTube channel members, and the fact that you can join those for a dollar a month. Right, It's not expensive to support our channel, and it, with higher tiers, you get more benefits. And the $10 tier or higher being that you get to come hang out with us live in the Discord, where there's quite a few people there hanging out. That's what they do during the podcast. They like to hang out, and they say bad things about me behind my back, I think. Probably. Maybe. Again, I make sure life is good. I help them out when they need help. And when I need help, I expect they help me too. It's a two-way road. That's so weird how switchboard goes down. Come on. Come back up. There you go. That's so weird. It's absolutely a switchboard thing. Hmm. Anyways, you got to support your team. That is really one of the best, like, the best pieces of advice for hiring and firing is literally support your team. 
You can hire some of the brightest minds in the world, but if they don't feel valued, why would they work with you? It's not simple. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, oh, it's easy to hire people. It's not. It's not. And when people leave, it's like part of you is leaving. It's like a friend is leaving, right? When I have to go through and pull Simona off of all the credentials that she's a part of, it feels like a f I'm losing a friend because she's been a part of this company for a while now. But really what's happening is that friend is moving away. And while she could work remote, and she does work remote, she wants to focus on what's best for her. And as a manager, the best thing that you can do is develop your team. If they realize that this is not their last job ever, then you need to help them get to where they want to be. As a manager, my goal is to help my team get better every day. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm falling behind. I'm not so sure what that looks like, right? Personally, it's not that easy to figure out. There's a lot of, I guess, BS that comes into play here where it's not as black and white as you might want. Part of this is making sure that you are being true to yourself and treating others the way you want to be treated. It's like our parents taught us something useful. Be kind to others. Because if you're a jerk to them, they're going to leave you high and dry. I am not the end-all be-all for this. I am not an expert at this. Hell, I'm still learning. Because we have such little turnover in our company, I don't have to hire people very often. <laughs> so it's not something I deal with all the time. But when we were looking to expand our team, I put a job posting on LinkedIn and got over 200 applicants. And a lot of them were a complete and utter waste of my time. These were people that knew how to code that were looking at a job in CAD. You don't have any CAD skills. You're probably not a good fit. But what that showed me is if you are looking to hire somebody, be more targeted. We laugh uh, at the Friday call that Matt Stoltz puts on every Friday. Uh, follow him on Twitter he posts the link there uh, most Fridays. And that, like, a fair few people on that call work for Lightburn. But none of them I have hired inside of that call. Because those are my people. You come to that call because you don't like going outside. You like making cool stuff. Waiting for the stream to come back. That's so weird. It is absolutely. Yep, there it is. Okay. Oh, Grant almost clapped. He didn't clap. He almost clapped. He didn't clap. You don't get that one. He... I didn't clap. You don't get that one. 
But Lightburn has been hiring inside of the Friday call for years, as have I, because these are my people. They are exactly what I look for, right? They're makers, they're people, <laughs> clap count 3.2, take half a drink. They're makers, they're interesting, they've got hobbies, they've got all these things that I want to see in people. So instead of blanket posting jobs to Indeed, Monster, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever the hell you put jobs, you find communities where the people that you're looking for that have the skills and talent that you're looking for congregate and hire out of those because the fact that somebody is a part of that community already puts them three quarters of the way to being the right person for the job. Period. Brad, Justin, Mitch, Amos, who else? There's been quite a few people that we've hired out of, you know, that call. Build on sound says, I understand a lot of mechanical and electrical mechanics and can look at something at a glance and already can have a rough understanding of how it works when it comes to coding. Oh, when it comes to coding, they're totally useless. Me too. Don't understand a damn thing about coding. At least the clap counter isn't going crazy like a sorry counter on a Pez list stream, Zerno says. Filament Stories, uh, Courtney, great channel, by the way, go follow Filament Stories, says it's always better if you can find someone who you know that fits what you're looking for and you already know them and their desire to talk about whack things. It's true. Oh, God. Hi, cat. Jeez, that was aggressive. Welcome back. Did you have an important meeting you needed to get to? I guess so. I 100% agree. These calls and these hangout things that we do is a great way for me to get to know you as a person. Then I get to know you as a professional because you talk about the professional things that you do. And all of a sudden I'm like, shit, you've got a lot of skill. You've got a lot of skill. You're into some of the weird stuff that I'm into. And we talk all the time like we're friends. And if my team already is kind of friends with me, you're already kind of a friend with me. Well, then it seems like you might be a good fit for the company if you have the skills we're looking for. It's perfect. It's ideal. It is the best way to hire people. And I never realized that until it just happened. It's pretty cool. And it is amazing when it does happen. Shishuda says, I can learn a lot more, to be honest, but my boss is extremely understanding and lets me do stuff like randomly disappear mid-work to do errands and go to the doctor, take days off almost without notice, or take a nap and continue to work in the evening when I'm not feeling well, etc. Being able to take a breather for my mental and physical health is way worth more to me than a raise. I mean, why not both, JPG? Baloo says Friday calls are also at 3 a.m. for me. Yeah, that's the bummer with the Friday call that it happens at 9 p.m. Eastern. So if you're in, you know, the UK or Europe, it's really late at night for you. And it goes from 9 to midnight Eastern time. Um, so, yeah, I understand. And Baloo's been on the calls a few times, you know, when Baloo can't sleep. But Baloo's pretty awesome. Highly recommended. We let our staff 
kind of do whatever they want when it comes to their lives, right? I'm not going to drug test you unless, you know, all of a sudden it looks like you're on meth, right? I don't really care if you partake in the devil's lettuce as long as you get your work done, right? Just don't have a nasty, you know, hit on a work call, right? Like, you know, pretend like you don't do it on a work call. I want people to live their lives. And when they have some spare time, work with us. I would love to hire some of these people full time. And a few of them have said, Grant, I want to help you get your company to a point where you can afford to poach me. That is huge to have a staff member tell you that I want to help you get your company to where you can afford to poach me. That was one of the most humbling things a staff member has ever said to me. And to be clear, for me to poach them, I'd have to pay them probably around $125,000 to $150,000, right? But for them to say that to me and properly mean it warmed my cold heart because it shows that I'm doing something right. And a lot of times as a business owner, you don't feel like you're ever doing a damn thing right. People get mad. People get upset. You get mad because your business isn't performing the way that it is or the way that you want it to. And maybe you're not seeing the growth that you'd want to see. These are all things that can really suck. But a team that is there to support you the way that you support them is one of the most valuable things that you can have as a manager. Bit on sound says, I would never recommend some of my friends for a job at my work. Not meaning that to be nasty, but some of them can't solve basic equations or are utter slacks. Not both, because it's not easy to get a job that has both benefits and a raise. Yeah. I mean... Oh, sorry, that was what Shashuta said. Not both, because it's not easy to get a job that has both benefits and a raise. Well, it could be. Don't put yourself out because you're afraid that you're going to lose the benefits. If you have an understanding manager like that, then they should totally understand when you come to them and say, hey, my expenses have gone up and I'm not making as much money as I used to here. But I really do like some of the benefits that I get, the non-monetary benefits. Like if I'm not feeling good, I can just work when I am feeling good and getting things done when they need to get done. If I need to go out and do errands or go to the doctor, I can just go do it. And you trust that I'll get my job done. But I would like to make a little bit more money. If that's going to jeopardize the things that I've come to enjoy and be able to utilize when I need them, then I'm going to go ahead and say no to the raise. But if there is some extra money on the table where I might be able to, you know, get a little bit more money and do good work for you as I've been doing for X amount of time then I would love that opportunity. What you're doing is you're giving the manager a ability to say, hey, look, the benefits that you get, that's between you and me. And if I give you a raise, upper management's gonna be all up my ass trying to make sure that people are doing things the way they should. I let you do this because I know that you're a good staff member and, you know, hey, I can't do it. 
Or they say, yeah, why didn't you just ask earlier? You never know the answer to the question. And realistically, if your manager is that cool to let you do those kinds of things, then they should be totally cool with having a very valid conversation with you like that. And understand that no is a completely understandable answer. But be aware, you might get told no. You must be able to walk in and say, if I walk out with nothing more than when I went in, I will not consider that a failure. Faith Gundry says, the most valuable thing a manager or business owner can have. Without the team, you're going to struggle. 100%. 100% agreed. Sprawlix says, even though I'm in a corporate position, our team is great. And our director is part of the team. But I work from home and I'm paid well. Rarely can you say you love an IT infrastructure position. It's fair. Work from home is something that we've enjoyed. You know, a lot of our team, actually all of our team, works from their own homes. I think editor Andrew is pretty much the only one. He he has a co-working space where he goes to work. And for him, that's all about work-life balance. He wants to work outside of his home so that he's not associating his computer at home with work. So what did we do? He was... Yeah, the stream just went down. Uh, we're working on it. Hold on. We should be back up. Are we back up? The stream just went down. What the heck? Are we back? I think we're back. All right, we're back. All right. That one was OBS. So I have to keep rolling back OBS. That was OBS. My internet has not died on me yet. We're, we're still clean on the internet pings. Switchboard went down. Then I looked and OBS was down. So that's still an OBS thing. So I got multiple things I got to do. Zerno was saying... um that he shouldn't have to ask for a raise. And maybe I should put it in my calendar to look at giving raises more often. I just honestly forget about it. Right? I do. I don't know if that makes me a bad manager, but it certainly says that I have room for improvement. Because I don't pay myself yet, the perspective of a raise isn't there for me because I don't get a raise. I don't get paid. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I got to look more into that because I know we haven't given out raises in a while. My expectation was always if staff want raises, they'll ask for them. And if their performance aligns with getting a raise, then I'll give them raises. Right. Zerner says, Grant, be considerate of people who like to avoid confrontation and won't bring up the whole raise thing. That's fair. I like to believe that our team doesn't have issues with that, but they might. I don't know. I'm now going to have to call a meeting about this because I want to make sure that I'm fair to my team. I also understand that giving raises is going to be tough. Because we're not cash positive this year, but if people need it, people need it. It just means that I have to delay taking a salary myself for longer. 
but I would say that we pay well, right? All of our staff can afford their basic necessities. We don't have staff that are food poor or food insecure. We make sure that our team is able to afford the things in their lives. I Maybe I haven't made it as clear as I need to. I don't know, right? Part of being a manager is making sure that you self-assess. That's probably been a place where I failed because I'm so stuck in the weeds of doing this stuff all the freaking time. I don't have enough time to really check in and say, am I doing everything that I can for my team? I remember when Brad came back this summer, he said, I'm still making the same pay, right? I said, well, wh what were we paying you previously? He said, oh, this much. He said, oh, God, no. Brad, we haven't paid that little in years. He's like, oh. Okay. I said, yeah, here's your new rate. Enjoy. You just got a 30% raise. Sporlick <laughs> uh. says corporate often build in raise things into reviews and has a whole process around it. It's tough for us to review our team and for small companies, it'll be very tough for you to review your team because corporate does the reviews so that upper management can hear from middle management how the workers have been doing, right? And then upper management assesses it, gives it to lower management, and then lower management gives it to you. In a small business, you kind of know exactly what's going on most of the time. And if you don't know what's going on, figure that out because you, you need to. You need to figure out what's going on in your company, straight up. Sashuda so says, I feel looking to at least keep the same pay instead of essentially getting a silent pay cut. A business would argue that when inflation goes back down, should we then cut your pay to, there goes the stream again. Waiting for it to come back. There it is. We're back again. Um, a business would say that if, I'm going to raise pay during high inflations. Shouldn't I also cut it? I'm happy to give you guys raises when inflation happens. I'm just going to raise my prices to accommodate it. But what the hell is going on? We're back again. I, I, I can see it on my side, Jonathan. I know that you guys, I know that he's trying to keep me on topic, but yeah, it's, I'm dropping like crazy again. And it's not, it's not spectrum. Weird. Um, yeah, I, I, I would argue as a business and say, all right, well, then when inflation goes down, should I adjust your pay to accommodate the lower inflation rates? And everyone would say, no, 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 don't do that. Well, a lot of businesses say, no, 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 I don't want to give raises just because cost of living went up. That's something that I'll have to talk with the team at and see if that's something that they want to do, right? Because if your cost of living goes down, then my cost for you to work for me should go down too. I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a tough one. It's more like, I think this is a topic we could go around in circles. I agree. 
I don't know what the right answer is. And walking into a meeting with my team saying, I don't know what the right answer is. And I would love your opinion. And I need you guys to look at it from both sides is something that we actually do really good. I think we should look at giving raises. But that means Grant doesn't pay himself for longer. And, well, I haven't been paid in seven years. And I really do want to, uh, I really do want to get a raise. <laughs> to have something rather than nothing. And it's funny because every time we drop, the, every time the stream drops, we lose, we lose people. And it's like, well, there's me getting cut, right? There, there's me taking a pay cut every time um because viewers have a specific value according to youtube so don hunt says prices go up due to inflation other than some simple commodities prices don't ever seem to go back down and that is 100 fair i'm gonna call a team meeting i don't know when we'll let people try to see if we can get something together where it works and say guys i don't think we've been raising rates for you all, the way that we should. And it's time that we pay you all a little bit more money. Let's talk about it. Because you know what? That's important. It's not something that I considered because my cost of living has gone up, but I don't have any extra money. I'm just burning savings. And because it's not something that I uniquely deal with, I guess it wasn't in my radar. Part of being a manager is understanding that you're never going to be perfect. And you might wake up your cat. That's okay. But part of that is realizing when you've done something wrong, maybe it's time to reevaluate what it is and how you can remedy it. Madcat says, but at the same time, make sure your staff are aware of your situation too. Yep. We're going to have a group call. Talk to everybody. I'll probably have to have two or three because... We have staff all over the world and, uh, you know, it's okay. I want to meet my people where they can be met. We'll call a team meeting. We'll see what happens. That's part of it. It's being honest with yourself, being honest with your team and having your team be honest with you. A lot of our team doesn't do a ton of work with us often. And for a lot of them, it's just funny money. Right. In fact, some of the people that are working with us right now make more money through 3D Musketeers than they do with their day jobs. But their day job gives them benefits that we can't. So they keep both. They probably don't need a raise because to them, this is all this tons of money they never had. But it's a good thing to ask about. So Shishuda, thank you. Because that's helped kind of open my eyes a little bit to something that I've been missing as a business owner and a place where I might be able to take better care of my team. Now, obviously not everyone can have these group thinks that occur live on YouTube basically every single weekend. I have a benefit to that. It does cost me like $2,000 a month, <laughs> um, but I have a benefit of that. And as Spurlock says that we do use 1099s, that's correct. They're not W2s, 1099s. Independent contractors, for those who don't know what that means. Um, it is, uh, it's interesting. I want to do better at taking care of my people. And I want to make sure that they can also take care of me. 
I think that's totally fair. I want to thank you guys for this conversation. It was a good one. Even though I'm reading comments and you guys are talking, or you guys are chatting, I would love to find a way to have a system for people to call in. I could do something where, like, you know, you call in the company phone number and I answer it live. That could be possible. Um, there are just some, I don't know. I've always wanted a way where people could call in and we could have a little chat together. It'd be kind of cool. You guys tell me what would work. StreamYard won't work for me. It's not a system that, that can work with how we currently do things. I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't think StreamYard would work. Discord won't work because not everybody has Discord. And I don't want to just like have to add a bunch of people as friends on Discord so that we could do something like this. So I also don't know how to do the recordings out of Discord. And I'm looking for just audio only, by the way. It doesn't need to have video. Audio only is fine. Um, that's why I'm thinking the company has a Google Voice number that people could just call. Um, but Discord is really complicated for me because I don't have a setup for it inside of OBS. I could look at doing it, but for right now, I'm looking for a kind of like least common denominator, like get the easy thing done. And then we look at making it better as time goes on. I know Maker That Money uses VDO Ninja for it, and the system actually works pretty good. I've called in myself, and it works really well. I've been a guest on there. It works really well. But it is kind of odd. There's no easy way to screen people, and we might get some baba buoys. Um, Tarzan says, how would the phone work then? It would sound like poop. No, uh, because I can answer the phone on my computer. So Because it's Google Voice. It's an IP phone. So you guys would hear it through my computer audio, uh, which should work out just fine. I'm fairly certain it would. I've done it plenty of times where I've taken phone calls on live streams and it's been, you know, through this way. But yeah, setting up the OBS thing inside of Discord would be the thing. Uh, Tarzman asks, want to try it? Uh, sure. Yeah, call the company. Because, you know, why not? Let's let's try this. Why not? Let's let's have some fun. And then uh, then we'll probably wrap this thing up. We'll see how it sounds. Waiting for you to call. <laughs> you going to call the company, John? There it is. Call from Jonathan. See, and it'll give me that thing. And Jonathan, you're now live on air. Uh, um, we're calling about uh, your car's extended warranty. Oh, yes. I would love to extend my car's warranty. It is 21 years old perfect, and it's perfect. got a lot of problems. It's weird. I'm, I'm listening to it too. I'm trying to see how bad it, how good it sounds. It sounds like you're calling. That sounds phone. fine. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, huh. I'm going to go back to finishing my stream. Bye. Okay, bye. So, yes, we could do it that way. That is something that I I don't know. We'll figure out eventually soon, TM. Maybe never. I don't know. Help. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's possible. 
how did I expect exactly that? Baloo said. But yeah, Jonathan said he was on speaker. So yeah, it doesn't sound great, but it is okay. It is okay for people if they wanted to call in and ask a question, give a comment or something like that. And because it's Google Voice, they're required to give me a, you know, hey, this is so-and-so uh, before I click go. Let's um, just make it a 1-900 number. That would be funny. It is a USA phone number. Um, so if you're out of the country, that doesn't work. So I don't know. We will have to find a way to do it because I would like people like Baloo, who doesn't live in the United States, to be able to call in as well. Video Ninja has a way to do it, but we'll see. This is part of me being more present with you guys, right? Where I look at as our fans kind of like staff, right? Not only do our Discord Patreon members really help with things like merch, but if I don't keep the fans happy, we lose fans. It's a great way to look at a YouTube channel. Now, don't don't fire fans unless, you know, they become rowdy and toxic. Yeah, no, it actually is pretty much a... <laughs> it's like a job. Because to me, this is a job. That's okay. I like this job. It's a lot of fun. And I love being able to communicate with you guys. I just want you guys to be able to have a better communication to me. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. If you have any ideas of how to do it, leave it in those comments down below or email me directly, youtube at 3dmusketeers.com. And yes, this is my boss behind me. This is Victoria. Anyways, guys, I think this is a great place to wrap it up. I think the TLDR is be good to people, ask the right questions, ask questions they don't see coming. And if you can do all of that and you can do it well, maybe you too can potentially pay yourself one day. That's all I got for you guys today. Stay safe out there. Don't forget to call your loved ones. And as always, keep making awesome. And Simona, best of luck. I hope the next time that uh, we get to hang out, it is future Dr. Rivero. Take care, everybody.